G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. We're going to be talking about health and Christian faith today with a constant flow of stories about alcohol and drug abuse, rates of depression, all sorts of mental health issues with battles about negativity, temptation and distractions. From those things that we want to pursue as Christian believers, we might sometimes need some encouragement. So today, that encouragement is on its way. Stacey McBride-Wilson is a wife, a mother, fitness instructor, wellness coach and school teacher. Our focus today is going to be on a godly approach to health. Sometimes we hear the words holistic health. Is that a Christian terminology? What should you expect to understand about health as a Christian believer? Well, Stacey's written a number of books, books like You Are Amazing, 31 Days of Encouragement for a Healthy, Happy Soul, and Bursting with Health, Unlocking the Fullness of Health that You Were Created to Enjoy. So it is going to be a interesting and an exceptional conversation ahead of us, one that you can participate in, and our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. If you'd like to join in our conversation, you might have a question, you might have an insight to offer, but a special welcome back to 2020 to you, Stacey. Hi, Neil. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Stacey, uh, you've been on a little bit of a break yourself uh, because yes. as a school teacher, you get to have school holidays. Uh, have you had a nice time winding down? Definitely. I always try and make sure that I power down a little bit. English uh, is my subject area, so it's always a little bit of a heavy load, but I always try and make sure I get as much down, done during term time so I can just enjoy holidays, enjoy family, recharge, all those good things. I mean, it's wonderful when you are a school teacher and you get those school holidays. You've got the holiday and they're timed, you know, you know in advance uh, for the year ahead when you're going to have those opportunities to wind down. Not everybody has that and sometimes people are battling to have a holiday but it's important, isn't it, to have a holiday for your own uh, health and well-being. Definitely. Uh, this is something so interesting, Neil, um, since being married. So my parents are both school teachers. So holidays are a really big thing in our family. We've always taken a lot of holidays. And I guess growing up, I sort of probably took them a little bit for granted because, you know, we always went on holidays together as a family. And I didn't realize until I got much older that that was a, a luxury because not all families had obviously those timed school holidays, like you said. And uh, my husband, being married with him, he grew up in, you know, right in the center of London where it's very busy, the hustle and bustle. And his family didn't take a lot of holidays. So uh, it's been an interesting thing, us trying to find that balance and me really encouraging him to take those holidays. And he's just saying, I feel so refreshed. I feel so good. Why haven't I taken so many holidays before? So definitely so important for us to set those. And I really encourage, you know, my clients to set those, um, you know, early in the year. So they've got those things to look forward to, those structured breaks. Otherwise, we just get burnt out, which we talked about last time I was here. 
And of course, as we were saying, not everybody has the luxury of being able to structure their holidays, but somehow or other you've got to go out of your way, haven't you, to put that as part of your plan because uh, even if it's just a short break, uh, sometimes just a weekend uh, away, getting away from the usual things, uh, actually just detaching from the regular routines, uh, this is an important part of our health and uh, our routine of of well-being. Yeah, definitely. And I find that, I mean, I am very blessed living on the Sunshine Coast and it is a beautiful lifestyle. I'm exceptionally blessed. But we will go, you know, to the other end of the coast sometimes just for the day and it feels like a complete holiday to explore those beautiful parts of the world that are just in our backyard but maybe, you know, in the hustle and bustle of every day we don't get there. So a day, it doesn't have to be expensive. Uh, example, last week I took a group of friends and their daughters out to the strawberry fields, which is a strawberry plantation, and we picked strawberries and we sat and we had a picnic and it wasn't expensive but it was so refreshing and all the mums just said, I feel so refreshed. This is amazing. You know, those out of the ordinary things, a weekend, you know, Airbnb, that's cheap. Go do that. Or so, you know, there's so many things we can do for very cheap, very affordable to really refresh and power down. And of course, I was saying a little earlier that I'm just back from a break myself and a couple of weeks away and had a, a week down uh, from where we are here, uh, down in the uh, mid north coast of New South Wales near Coffs Harbour. And a beautiful part of the world and the weather was great. And just to detach from the regular routine, all of the usual thinking, I even tried to turn the news off. I wasn't particularly <laughs> successful for that. I'm a bit of a news junkie. <laughs> yep. uh, but I wasn't particularly successful in getting every day, but certainly powered down on a lot of those things. And I do really actually feel refreshed even as uh, back to work today. Yeah, and I think sometimes when we're in that grind of the day to day to day, we might just think, oh, I can't take a break, I can't afford it, all those things, you know, whether it's actually physically, you know, there's things that are going to stop if we don't continue working or, you know, monetarily we can't afford it. But the the cost if we don't take those holidays is just too great to ignore. So I really just encourage everyone to make sure they're prioritising those breaks very regularly. Uh, Let's talk a a hint or two here. Uh, Your thoughts on the person who really never gets to take a break. Uh, I mean, sometimes this is mums. And I know you love to deal uh, with a lot of uh, women and uh, mums on their health issues. And even if it's holiday time, sometimes mums don't get to take a break because uh, children can be very demanding. How do you actually, you know, uh, in your planning, uh, prepare to prioritise some sort of time out that actually helps you refresh? Definitely. I think if you have that group of mums, like I was saying, uh, we had a couple of times over the holidays with other mums where some of the mums would take the group of girls so the other mums could have a bit of a break because, like you said, holidays can be quite intense. Everyone's home. There's a lot of mess. There's a lot of noise, especially if it's rainy. The kids might not want to be, uh, I don't know, baking, which can be catastrophe, chaos, energy, (laughs) mess everywhere. You know, if you can sort of tag team with mums, hey, could you take a couple of the kids and then you go do an activity and then the mums might be able to go and do the shopping or have some time to just power down it, whether that's a bath or read a book for half an hour or those things, I think that can be really strategic. Um, Or, you know, making sure there's that time either in the first part of the day or the end of the day where you maybe take an hour, like I said, and and journal or have a bath or just sit and be still with a cup of tea. Those things where you just create that little bit of time that can make a really big difference. Let's talk about this sort of health, wellness, well-being and what it means as a Christian believer because sometimes we use that terminology holistic health. 
And uh, there's a lot of people in the wellness industry uh, who would like to use that sort of terminology and almost hijack that. And as Christians, sometimes we can see that sort of thing and oftentimes connected with even Eastern mysticism and uh, all sorts of uh, Eastern religious practices that we'll hear preached against uh, in the pulpit from our local church. So we wonder about all of this issue with holistic health as a Christian believer. What are your thoughts on, uh, you know, when we talk about spirit, soul, mind and body, these sorts of things are all interrelated, aren't they? And therefore part of our health as Christian believers. Yeah, definitely, Neil. You know, we are holistic beings. We are whole beings. We're not all these different parts moving, you know, uh, separate from one another. We are all connected, you know, the the body, the mind, the heart, the soul, the spirit, all of it. It's all working together and it all has an effect on each other. Um, You know, I'm really passionate about this, like you said, that the church actually takes back this, you know, not letting the world just use wellness and, and creating almost a religion with it. You know, you can see it's quite a movement where people align with certain ways of either moving their body or certain practices for their health and well-being and it becomes sort of a religion in itself and I am so passionate about the body of Christ the church actually saying well health is something really important it's really important for how we can affect the world you know being well and being able to affect the world and it's God's idea you know it is it is his heart it's it's his idea holistic health you know so many scriptures when I read the Bible I read it like a like a health handbook, really. The words just leap off the page at me. And there's so many different scriptures which actually talk about spirit, soul, and body. So that interconnected, you know, um, relationship between all these elements as important for our overall, overall well-being. So, yeah. Uh, interestingly, you know, we talk about the body. And sometimes when you're reading the scriptures, uh, that body has to be brought into submission. And sometimes it's... It's too much relaxing, which is our problem. But uh, but I guess today we're talking about that sort of different way of getting refreshed, being healthy, uh, that we actually have to discipline uh, ourselves to to have times when we are winding down, sometimes when we have to push ourselves a little bit harder. Definitely. That balance, that thing that everyone is you know, talking about, life balance or work-life balance or just balance within those areas, I think it is, it is a challenge. And I'm always really real with my clients and with everyone that I'm not perfect. I don't get it right all the time. I think it's something where there's that constant recalibration. And, you know, if we're staying still, you know, if you're balanced and you're staying still, you're probably going to tip over. So sometimes you might need a little bit more focus on your physical health. Sometimes it might be that emotional health. But if you can sort of find that balance, then it then it's easier not having to do big extremes from, you know, f- addressing and focusing on physical health to then all of a sudden focus on emotional health. And then, oh my gosh, my spiritual health's out of whack. You know, if you sort of have that balance, and that's what I really work with my clients on, on those little things they can do every day so that they're not getting dramatically out of whack, you know, out of kilter, but they can keep it so that recalibration is quite steady and constant and that balance isn't so out of reach for them. And I know, and each time we talk, uh, I usually get you to reflect on some of your background because uh, when people hear you talk about these things, they say, wow, this is a woman who's got it all together. Uh, you know, you, you're a, a, you know, a bouncing, uh, you know, almost bouncing off the walls with excitement about life. And a lot of people often, I think, when they hear someone who is bouncing off the walls excited about life, uh, wonder whether that's an authentic thing because uh, you've not always been this up with your life. Uh, remind us some of those things of your past, Stacey. 
Yeah, definitely. It's something that I've been working on and, and it's a journey and it's a process. And I guess, you know, being here where I'm at right now, it's because I've missed the mark so many times before. And, um, you know, just to refresh your listeners about my journey, I um, have had chronic fatigue syndrome. So had that really long process of being very unwell, being unable to get out of bed. I lost a lot of weight. I was very restricted in what I could really do with my life. I missed um, this was when I was a teenager, so I missed a lot of school, a lot of social time, and it had a really big effect on also my mental well-being because I was just laying in bed for days and days on end with no real hope of this is going to get better. Uh, so it, it was a long process. It was very debilitating, not only physically, but emotionally. And I had been brought up in a Christian household, but I just turned my back on God because I was angry and bitter, you know, as a teenage girl. You just want to fit in. And that wasn't sort of happening because I you know, was just lying in bed. And that was for a period of, of two years where I was very underweight, very unwell, uh, which sort of um, led, I guess, or was a catalyst for me wanting to really fit in. So when I did start to get more well and go back to school and res- resume some sort of normality, uh, I just fell into that party scene. I wanted to fit in. I wanted to connect with my peers. And I ended up just completely in self-destructive mode, lots of drinking, lots of partying and that self-destructive behavior. I fell pregnant at 16. Uh, that brought, you know, a whole nother gamut of things to deal with. Um, and I turned to food as my comfort and I put on a lot of weight. Um, I was very overweight. And so, you know, I really get it. I really get this. You know, if you've been um, physically unwell or emotionally unwell, spiritually unwell or all of it all together, struggling with weight or being drastically unweight because of some chronic um, illness, I really get that whole spectrum. And, of course, the question that is on my lips, and I know that it'll be reflected in the thoughts of so many listening to our conversation today, when we say, well, uh, you've just described a whole lot of families, uh, the environment that people live in. And the question is, well, what's normal? Because a lot of people think that the sorts of things you just described, they're seeing it either in their own lives or in their own families. And they're saying, well, this is just normal. We have to deal with this in our life. But you had a recovery from those issues and your faith had a big, big major role to play in that. And so your idea of what's normal now has changed, hasn't it? Definitely. You know, there's, like you said, this is the sort of households of what lots of people are growing up in. This is the sort of the culture of, of, of our world, really. Um, and so having good family support, I had an incredible family support and network around me, incredibly blessed for that. And finding a relationship with Jesus, you know, that has really helped me to find balance, to seek the truth in the word, not in the world, um, to have a physical healing and emotional healing, but mostly that, um, that deep down heart healing because there was so much brokenness in my heart, so much low self-worth, so much resentment and things that I had to make to make peace with to find that balance and that joy. A biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. This is 2020 on Vision Christian Radio. Stacey McBride-Wilson, our guest. We're talking about Christian health. We're talking about wellness. She is a Christian health and wellness author. A couple of books to mention. You Are Amazing, 31 Days of Encouragement for a Healthy, Happy Soul, and Bursting with Health, Unlocking the Fullness of Health that You Were Created to Enjoy. We are taking calls, 1-800-316-316. If you'd like to join in our conversation, let's take a call from Jason in Victoria. Hello, Jason. Welcome along. Good morning, Neil, and good morning, Stacey. Morning. Morning to you, Jason. You? What are your thoughts? My thoughts are 
you should go in mainstream media and tell them about what you do and bring more people to the knowledge of where wellness came from. Thank you. Uh, this is a very important point. Where does the knowledge of wellness come from? And Jason, you've raised a very important point because as we talk about holistic health and uh, we talk about that sometimes in the context of uh, this is what a lot of people are doing influenced by Eastern religion. Uh, when we talk about this, it's an important question. Your thoughts, Stacey? Definitely. Like I said, Neil, the, the scriptures are so full of health and that optimum way to live. You know, God, it's, it's our handbook for how we live. And like I said, those, those scriptures of talking about our spiritual health or our emotional health or our physical health and that they're all connected. So for me, you know, this is God's word. You know, it says he was the word before anything was, was created. He existed. So he, he is the author of our health and our well-being and, and looking to him for how to do our health and well-being well, you know, that's where I go. That's where, you know, I really believe it's the best and the optimum. And that's why I wrote the book, Bursting with Health, trying to unlock those those keys so we can do it well. Thank you so much to Jason from Victoria, 1-800-316-316. If you'd like to join in our conversation, we tend to compartmentalise our health. Uh, this compartmentalising, uh, detaching it. It's like, uh, you know, sometimes we detach our work from our Christian faith, but detaching our health from our Christian faith, just as serious. Definitely. And I've seen this in the secular world, working in a gym for 10 years, seeing people who go, I'm going to the gym, I'm being healthy. Now I'm sitting on the couch, I'm being lazy. And that's that very compartmentalized view as opposed to thinking about as a, as a whole, you know, we do need to rest sometimes and we do need to move our bodies sometimes. And so actually seeing those things as both important to our overall well-being. And the same with us as Christians, I think, we, you know, and I can say for myself, I used to think the same of going to the gym was something unholy and I had to do and God wasn't really interested in my health. It was something that I did because I know it was good for me. But, you know, when I really had that revelation about God is really interested in our health, it enables us to be and do what he's created us to do. You know, it really changes um, your perspective and opens up a whole new world of freedom and enjoyment of your health, definitely. Uh, obviously, when we're reading the Bible, uh, we're not reading about, you know, the Apostle Paul uh, getting up early and going off to the gym for his daily or weekly workout. Uh, so we'd, we've got a different cultural uh, assessment of, of what was happening when we, when we look at the Bible. So how do you actually uh, see from the scriptures uh, these ideas about keeping your body you know, in good in good form and uh, eating well and uh, uh, doing all of those things that are going to give us a good mental health. What, how do you see the scriptures and and the way the scriptures talk about these sorts of issues? Yeah, Neil, I I take this to God all the time. This very question because there are very specific keys for our spiritual health. There are very specific keys for our emotional health, but physical. There's not really sort of a, a seven step workout in there in the Bible, um, but there are lots of effort. Lots of times where it is emphasized to care for our physical health. Uh, but there was a lot of a different. It was more of a different culture, like you said. It, physical activity was part of. You know, what everyone did, laboring, moving your body, being, you know, skilled with whatever you were, whether that was a carpenter or working the field or being a shepherd. It was a very physical work and the same with the women in the households. So our lifestyle now is a lot more sedentary and that's just, that's just the culture of our lifestyle. So, you know, I know God is really, uh, really, uh, 
he's exceptionally interested in our health overall, or the whole picture, but our physical health, yeah, it just looks a little different to perhaps when Jesus walked the earth. (laughs) And, of course, the idea of having someone who is able to counsel you on your physical health uh, as much as they might be counseling you on your spiritual health. I mean, we turn up at church on a Sunday and and, uh, there's usually a pastor in the pulpit and uh, delivering some sort of message. And usually, I mean, the focus, and probably rightly so, is going to be on your spiritual health, uh, getting those things right spiritually, because that's why you'd go to church. Uh, So the idea of having someone counseling you on your physical health, uh, sometimes we go to the GP and the the doctor tells us, you know, you're a little bit too overweight, you better lose some weight there, mate. Uh, But uh, this idea of of counseling for health, wellness, holistic well-being, uh, this is something we're not hearing much about. No, definitely not. When when I got really put this on my heart oh, five years ago now, I sort of went, great, I'll just go out and see what else is out there, you know, from a, from a Christian point of view for health and fitness. And I really couldn't find very much. I couldn't find very much that really resonated with me and the sort of revelation that, that God had given me. And so God sort of was tapping me on the shoulder going, Stace. And I went, oh, no, that's so much more work than I sort of anticipated. But it's uh, if I could encourage your listeners to be seeking out Christians who get it, I think there is that um, that fitness culture is quite insidious at times where it's very self-focused and it's all about the body and all about looking a certain way. And that's a shallow pursuit. You know, it only it only will get you so far. It can do a lot of damage. And I've experienced that of, of it's never enough, feeling guilty, like we talked about just before. If you're sitting on the couch, you're lazy. So there's always that sort of that flogging your body mentality. You're not doing enough. Do more, do more, do more. So if you can find someone who is probably a little more holistic in their approach, holistic in their view, and a Christian, I really recommend that. Someone who's going to, like you said, counsel you on your physical health. So if you're really, uh, you know, things are going badly, uh, life is pear-shaped, and that might not just be your body image, uh, the idea of actually gravitating towards people who've got a great fitness regime, who've got a, a way of looking at their diet uh, that's different to yours, somehow or other just getting that sort of extra peer group uh, support and peer group pressure that comes uh, for a good positive way that you can look at things in a healthy way. Uh, let me come back to uh, to the Bible because as we're talking and uh, and I'm thinking you know as I go back into the Old Testament in my uh, in my memory uh, of course things like the food laws in the Old Testament. Now we don't observe those sorts of food laws as Christian believers, we're New Testament believers, but we recognize that there was value in those. And if we look to the Old Testament and we see that people didn't eat pigs uh, and uh, and all sorts of uh, uh, issues with some shellfish and things like that, we are actually encouraged that God is interested in the way we eat and that he is interested in the health of individuals, and those things won't apply to us today because of the different uh, culture that we're in, the different food uh, hygiene that we have today. But when we look at the scriptures, we recognise that God actually is interested in the well-being of people physically and in their physical health. Yeah, definitely. And this is something where I have some very heated debates with people about. Uh, if I could encourage your listeners to just actually ask the question to God, uh, you know, the first step is actually just to, to being 
open to the fact that he is interested in our health and he he wants a say in actually seeking him. Like I think we've shared, I've talked about before, we will seek him for how to do our finances, our our relationships, how we will um, you know do our work. But sometimes with our health, we just we don't really take that to God. So ask him that question. Uh, there's a lot of um, I guess different opinions around what should we eat and is meat allowed and is meat not allowed and then there's you know New Testament like you said so there are lots of beliefs but actually asking the question and letting God answer and letting him actually give you that that revelation that will be something to do your life by that's really powerful and is it the case that there's not going to be one health regime that's going to be perfect for everybody that people are going to be different in the way that they need to approach their own health regime Definitely. We're, we're all different. We're all unique. We've all been made up in a unique way. Uh, when I'm talking to my clients, I would say to them, like, to actually just to be start to consider what is real food? What, what is real food the way that God created it? Because a lot of the food that is marketed to us as food is not really food. It's sort of in a packet that one once upon a time did resemble food. So what, what did God create? What, what was that sort of food? And, and I let the Bible be my guide as well. You know, when people cut out bread, I think, well, if the disciples and Jesus was eating bread, then I think bread's good in moderation and, and, and something that was, uh, not has a lot of preservatives or something that has a shelf life of a year, you know, just, just being a bit of common sense and, and seeking God for that. Uh, well, that's interesting because if you're looking for guidance from Scripture, guidance from God, uh, the idea of what's real and what's artificial, uh, that's sometimes which there's grey areas in all of that too because even the artificial type foods that we might think about uh, might contain some real food content. But, but the idea of actually uh, cutting through the layers, I, I sometimes think about you know peeling the layers back off an onion and yes. there's layer after layer after layer. I suppose you've just got to keep peeling back until you discover what is uh, something you're feeling comfortable with, uh, right and godly food intake. Yeah, and the thing ultimately, Neil, is that God has called us to live a free life. So anytime there's guilt or shame associated with food, I don't think that's from God. You know, he, he just wants to set us free. And like you said, that journey of freedom is continuing to unwrap the layers of the onion and he'll give you a revelation and you'll sort of grow and then he won't let you stay there. He wants you to stretch and learn more. So it's that continual process. And I know for me, this journey of, uh, you know, from being unhealthy to then being healthy in a fitness sense, which was a very worldly sense about what I ate, is very different to how I now approach food from having God really in the driver's seat with that. So it's a continual process and a continual journey. Uh, let's hear from Sativa in South Australia. Hello, Sativa. Welcome along. Hi, thank you for having me. Ah, Sativa, <laughs> wonderful to hear from you. What are your thoughts on our conversation all about holistic health today? Uh, I just think it's terrific. And, um, you know, uh, for myself, like I've had a personal journey of um, needing to uh, find health but be balanced with uh, spiritual, um, spiritually, mentally and, and physically. Um, and I think for me, one of my tough questions is... Um, because I've had, uh, all my life I've had autoimmune disease and, um, you know, I've come to a point where the Lord has shown me how to, you know, heal my body but and given me, um, you know, the, the tools, you know, the food, the uh, medication supplements um, and things like that to heal. But you, as still having an autoimmune disease, you always have limitations and uh, having... Um, you, 
being at the age I'm at, I'm, I'm 40 now, you sort of feel that you've missed out on a lot of life and just how to deal with that and how to uh, accept that and accept that you're different and that you work differently. Um, yeah, just, just coming to a peace with that is something that I struggle with. Stacey, what are your thoughts uh, for Sativa? Hi, Sativa. Thanks for calling. I totally understand exactly, you know, what you're saying where you're at, having chronic fatigue for years and feeling like I was, uh, I guess, impeded from really fully living life and enjoying and feeling like I was missing out. So I really, I really do understand and, and I'm really sorry to hear that. But I'm, I'm really also um, happy to hear that you've had that revelation about holistic health and God's given you some, some tools and some strategies to, to really support that. Um, for me, what I do is a couple of things, I guess. The first thing is what is normal? I think sometimes we can get really hung up with normal and what, what normal is and, and, and normal, normal is relative. You know, normal is what we're sort of living really and how we're making the most of life. And yeah. Sativa, if I guess I could encourage you, it's, it's to celebrate what you can do rather than what you can't do. Um, yeah. I'm, you know, and I'm sure you do that. You sound like you're really positive. So, so what are those things you can do and, and celebrate them and really find joy in them? Um, you know, if we're focusing, where is our focus? I guess if we're focusing on, on the lack and what we can't do, then it's, it's going to feel pretty, pretty yucky. But if we're really yeah. um, focusing on, on the good things, what can I do and celebrating and enjoying those? Um, yeah. I know that's going to really make a big difference to your, your mental health and inviting people on that journey to celebrate with you. Yeah. Sativa, let me just ask you because uh, you mentioned that you have an autoimmune disease and yeah. uh, that affects you, I'm sure, day to day, every day. Uh, and yeah. I'll just bring Stacey back in here because, uh, as you're saying, Stacey, it's really the way you approach it. It's the mental approach to whatever limitations that you might have, which will actually help you uh, to, to live a, a, a wholeness and a wellness. Yeah, definitely. You know, there's that verse where talk, um, Paul talks about the thorn in his side and, and some of the things for me, uh, you know, which I could have perceived in my life as, as negative, as that, as that thorn, you know, they've actually been some of my greatest strengths and letting God have the glory in those. So, Sativa, you know, you have, um, obviously something unique going on in your life and it's something so unique that no one else is going on. And so God wants to do something with that. I just want to encourage you to, to really keep seeking him and to, to find the positive and, and choose the positive in that. Um, because yeah, he, he will do something amazing. And whether that's taking your experience and what you've learned and being able to share that with others is that's really powerful. You know, the things that I get to share on, it's come from a place of a lot of hard times and rough years. And, and if I hadn't had those experiences, I wouldn't be able to speak, um, life into those areas of other people's lives. So, you know, it's, it, there's the blessing in, in the challenge as well. Sativa, yeah, is that helpful? Yeah, no, absolutely it is. And I think God's opening doors for me now, so it's it's right. <laughs> Just the right things to hear. Oh, great. Sativa, wonderful to hear from you. Thank you so much for calling in today. 1-800-316-316 if you'd like to join in our conversation. Let's take a call from Graham in Tasmania. Hello, Graham. Welcome along. Thank you, Neil. Uh, thanks for having me. And uh, hi, Stacey. Hi, Graham. Uh, I've only come in at the table. Uh, last uh, few minutes of your talk, but uh, can I say how wonderful it is to hear a Christian speaking about health. I'm 65, I've enjoyed health for pretty much most of my life, Um, and for the last 50 years I've been passionate about natural health, Um, and frankly I was a little saddened when I came into 
the church into Christ to see how little concern there seems to be uh, for, for natural health. You know, what you said is true about the Bible having a lot to say about um, our health. You know, our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. I think we have an obligation to look after the temple of the Holy Spirit. Um, and uh, I believe God does care for our health. Um, I'm, um, I'm particularly uh, very keen to just look at natural health as much as we can achieve in this fallen world, you know, and, and keeping chemicals out of our body. We had chemicals injected into us after birth. We, we had chemicals in our diet and, and um, drugs and <clears throat> all the way through our lives. And uh, it's very hard to enjoy um, natural health there. And then we could talk about sprays on, on food and chemical sprays and so on. And I think there's a lot that we can do to avoid much of uh, this that's in the world. Interestingly, um, Graham, when we yeah. talk about chemical sprays and those sorts of things, sometimes we think they're greenie-type issues, don't we? And yet there is something in us as Christian believers and as we reflect on God's Word and uh, His call for us to have dominion, which doesn't mean domination, and it really comes to uh, this idea of resisting evil. And if those things uh, create some sort of evil in us as Christian believers, we perhaps need to be a little bit more active. And uh, so great to hear your thoughts, Graham, on, mm. on, on being a little bit more active and, and speaking up for uh, this body, which is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yes, why, why, why should the Greens have all the, uh, the good health? I actually came from a background of uh, Eastern religions, and, and, and health was a big part of that. But, but as, a, as Christians, we, we have a bonus. We have a, 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 a wonderful, great physician who can care for our health, but expects us to do, do our part in addition to that. I, I, I think, I, I guess I've basically formed the opinion that really good diet, natural diet and exercise can cure most of the things that we can experience in this life, barring accident and, and, and so on. And I, I must admit that exercise has always been a challenge for me. I've, I've never enjoyed sport, but in, in recent years, um, my wife and I have discovered um, bicycle riding as a, a wonderful way to, to keep fit and enjoy each other's company and travel. We do bicycle touring um, quite a lot. And um, But... It's just a matter of finding uh, each of us finding an exercise that we can enjoy, that we can gain from, that we can, especially one that we can enjoy God's wonderful creation while doing it, and uh, and something that we love enough to want to keep doing because uh, exercise is something that has to be done very, very regularly, as as you would. Graham, know. absolutely fabulous insights. Uh, your response again, Tracy, uh, Stacy. Yeah, I totally agree, Graham. I just uh, I was just sitting here just thinking, Amen, Amen, Amen. I totally agree. And like we were talking about before, I really am so passionate and really um, encouraging the body of Christ to to have an awareness for our health. I think that's the first step, um, Graham. Is is for the body of Christ for the church to have that realization and that revelation that health is important and for our awareness to be switched on. And then when that awareness is switched on, then people are going to start to, I guess, really um, value that we need to be yeah, eating spray-free, uh, you know, all those different things that you're talking about, the natural health. Um, God's been really opening my eyes to all these areas and there's there's so much. It's a massive industry. It's a massive area. And like, like you were saying, Neil, for us to take dominion and actually be the key players in that space to take that back and, and to make it what you know God's heart is for it. 
Thank you so much to Graham from Tasmania for your insights, for your input today. 1-800-316-316 if you'd like to join in our conversation today. We are talking about holistic health and what that means as a Christian believer. And interesting is I'm listening to Graham and I uh, appreciate his insights. That when he came into church, that there wasn't much focus at all on uh, physical health and uh, and well-being and the sorts of things you should be eating. And, and I can appreciate that churches don't necessarily uh, have that focus because they're always trying to get the most out of the spiritual health of, uh, of an individual. But these things ought not to be ne- neglected. And I've just had my, my mind just wander back to times when I've uh, been part of a church that had a tennis court on its property. A lot of churches have uh, basketball uh, uh, facilities. For Usually it's for young people. Uh, some churches have their own touch football team or they've got people who are in groups that are playing sport and, and competing in all sorts of different ways. These sorts of things actually send a message, don't they? Because if, if you don't uh, talk about it from the pulpit, uh, there's a lot of ways that the church can send a message about health and well-being. Yeah, definitely, Neil. I think uh, when I sort of started this journey, what I probably wasn't, or started the Healthy Happy Soul, what I wasn't really prepared for was a lot of non-Christians who were very interested, and I say non-Christians yet, very interested in what I was doing, and, and they were really attracted to it because obviously Jesus was the center and he's so attractive. Um, but, uh, you know, they said that a lot of the things they said was, oh, churches aren't, they, they don't value health. And I think that's one of the things that we have that, that battle with, um, you know, that the wellness industry, the wellness movement, that people are very hungry for health, hungry for well-being, and people find that sense of community, that connection, that feeling of, of contentment in the wellness movement, um, but it's obviously absent of, of Jesus and God. So it's, it's a counterfeit of really the fullness of what God has for us. Um, but, you know, it's, it's that hard thing because they'd come to church and say, well, you know, they've got this whole thing of health and feeling great going on outside of church. Why do I need church? And so I think there's a huge harvest out there just right for the picking. If us as the body of Christ actually woke up and went, Hey, there is a huge harvest out there. People are switched onto health, switched onto fitness, switched onto well-being, and they're hungry for Jesus. They're looking for truth in these areas, but it can't satisfy. So there is so much work that we could do in that area. And a lot of people, I assume, think uh, sometimes as we talk about uh, body image or the image that we have of ourselves, we think that's the uh, that's the you know the penultimate thing to have, and the idea of being ultimately physically fit. I mean, for some people, this is their religion, isn't it? It's their God, and uh, we'd be resistant to that as Christian believers, embracing all comers, uh, all sizes, uh, all different lifestyles, but. Uh, when it comes down to what would the best practice standard be, we should be thinking that health and fitness is a good thing. Definitely, definitely. And I think at times we can maybe, as Christians, uh, almost sort of reject that fitness or that because of the the image of what it embodies and how it makes us feel. And we sort of don't want to be caught up in that. And I know for years, you know, just to share really be real, uh, you know, being a part of the fitness industry, it does have an effect. There is a very big emphasis on how you look. And so there had to be a period for a while where I sorted that out with God, you know, God, where's that healthy balance? Where is that? But, you know, that, like I said, there is so much room for us to embrace people who have this as a high value, but actually show them the ultimate way of how to live and the fullness of what God has for us for doing our health and well-being. We're taking calls, 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Paul in New South Wales. Hello, Paul. Welcome along. Oh, good morning. How are you going? Very well, Paul. What are your thoughts on our conversation today? 
Um, I was just listening to uh, a few of the comments there, and I think it was Graham, the previous caller, was talking about, um, you know, the the problems with the food that's out there in the market and the chemicals and GM foods and stuff. Um, and I just wanted to sort of bring up a point. Uh, I've, I've got five children, and we've always uh, said grace before a meal. Um, and, you know, we... When we say grace and give thanks for the food, we bless. We ask God to bless that food into our bodies. And uh, I've stressed the importance with my children that we, you know we're not to get into a repetitive um, chant all the time. When we say grace, we, we we actually think about what we're saying and what we're asking for. And I I just believe that uh, you know God's given us a wonderful body that can uh, that can take in food and and get rid of all the uh, Well, I guess uh, the body takes in the food. Uh, what we don't appreciate is if we're unaware of what some of the bad stuff might be, uh, then uh, then then somehow it's going to have an effect on us. But uh, your thoughts, Stacey McBride-Wilson, on uh, on those very important insights from Paul. Yeah, Paul, thanks for sharing. I, I totally um, really get where you're coming from. I think it's about finding that balance, like I've been sharing with you, Neil, that uh, people can have food as a religion where they are so fanatical about food and, and that wellness movement again where food is the religion and no sprays and no anything and, and just really focused on that. And I think that almost is too extreme. Uh, but the other extreme of sort of disregarding and being a bit, I guess, blasé about, well, God's going to bless it and, and it's okay, um, you know, it's also, I think, an extreme that's not as healthy. So finding that balance in the middle where we're proactive, where we actually see value and see food as something that fuels us and enables us to do what God's created us to do. Um, but yeah, not being too far extreme in the other way, because, yeah. you know, God, he, he calls us to do our part. He, you know, he partners with us, co-laborers, we're co-laborers with him. So he, um, will bless us. And if we are unwell, we can go to him and, and ask him for healing. But, he also expects us to do our part. If we're just trashing the temple he's given us and then coming to him and saying, hey, you know, God, I need you to give me a miracle, um, you know, he will, but I think there's also a part for us to play. Paul, while we've got you, I've never really ever thought of this dimension before that you've raised today, but when you're saying grace, thanking God for the food that he has provided, there is a certain sense, and I love what you say, we don't want to just have a grace by rote. There's a certain authenticity that comes to that prayer. We might expect an answered prayer to giving thanks for the food that he provides uh, in the expectation that he might guide the way that we actually do the shopping each week and uh, and buy the sort of food that we put on the table for our children. is. Tell me about, uh, does that affect, uh, you know, if, I'm not sure who buys the food in your household, but uh, but yeah. does saying grace have an effect on the sorts of food that you might buy and put on the food for your children, uh, upon the table yeah. for your children? Uh, yeah, I, I wasn't in any way saying we should read by about uh, what we eat, but um, just more to the point that, you know, he's, the body is an amazing thing that he's, uh, he's created and uh, we all know the placebo effect has been proven to work and the mind when uh, put into uh, positive mode can really help heal. Um, so I guess I was just uh, suggesting that when we say grace, we're, we're just really asking uh, God to, to let this magnificent body that he's created do its job and, and try and sort out the good from the bad and, uh, and just keep us a bit healthier. Yeah, wonderful yeah, thoughts.
Thank you so much, Paul. Appreciate your input today. And we'll take time for one more call, I think. Let's hear from Tom in Logan in Queensland. Hello, Tom. Welcome along. Yes, hi. Um, Tom. Yes. What are your thoughts? Can you hear me? Yep, we've got you. Yep, right. Um, I was was just wondering what Stacey thought of um, uh, diets like the blood type diet. Um, Because I found it very beneficial for my blood type. Yeah, great. I, th- I think that's that's great. I mean, like we were talking about before, uh, our bodies are all very different. So what's going to work for one is not going to work for the other. And, you know, I'm always encouraging my clients to find what works for them, what really resonates with them. If they're finding success in it, that's great. Um, but also, as I was sharing, to really um, be seeking um, revelation and guidance from God as to real food and what is real food and, and is it, you know, something that's restrictive? Is it something that's got a whole heap of preservatives or artificial things in it? You know, what is real food? So if you've found success in the blood type diet, I think that's, that's great. Helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Stacey McBride-Wilson, our guest, Christian health and wellness author. She has two books, You Are Amazing, 31 Days of Encouragement for a Healthy, Happy Soul, and Bursting with Health, Unlocking the Fullness of Health that You Were Created to Enjoy. There is a website. It's thehealthyhappysoul.com. On this topic that we're talking about today, this sort of holistic health, uh, are some of these issues covered in your books, Stacey? Yeah, definitely. Bursting with health is the one that really unpacks that. Uh, just sort of breaking down what is God's heart for our health and well-being, each of those elements. So our spiritual health, our emotional health, our physical health, and why they're so important to approach them with a holistic view, how they all work together. And then some really simple strategies for how you can action, uh, different areas of your, of your life and your health to really maximize, yeah, your enjoyment and, and being who God's created you to be. Well, I certainly recognize that there's not a lot in this whole dimension of being a Christian, looking at the Bible, and then making application of biblical principles, and even when it comes down to our identity, or we talked about the body being the temple of the Holy Spirit, what does that all mean? And uh, so we'll certainly set another date into the near future and have you back in, and we'll talk on some more related topics to do with what we're talking about uh, with this. But I mentioned your website, thehealthyhappysoul.com. When people go to your website, there's some resources there that they can look at. Yeah, there's heaps. I'm very um, big about just sharing because like you said, there's not a lot out there in this space. And so I want to really be able to give as much as I can to people in terms of resources so they can start to learn and start to really seek God for their own on their, on their own journey. So the books are there, but there's also a whole heap of free resources. I do a free weekly TV show on YouTube and it's also on Facebook. I also have blogs and uh, what else is there? There's a whole heap of stuff there that you can get stuck into. I also run programs uh, where we have a whole team of health and well-being professionals, so a naturopath, nutritionist, um, wellness coach, epigenetic specialist, psychologist, um, and a personal trainer who come together to really work with our clients holistically, as well as a really intensive three-month mindset program about what does it mean to incorporate God into a health and well-being and, and starting to shift that mindset because when we've got that healthy mindset, God at the center, 
then your health and your well-being, well, you just experience the fullness of what he's got for you. Well, as you can hear, there's plenty more dimensions to talk about and we'll have you back on another day, Stacey. But uh, thank you so much for taking some time to share your heart with us today. That website is thehealthyhappysoul.com. TheHealthyHappySoul.com Those two books I mentioned You Are Amazing 31 Days of Encouragement For a Healthy Happy Soul And Bursting with Health Unlocking the Fullness of Health That You Were Created to Enjoy Stacy McBride-Wilson Thanks so much for taking some time To be with us today on 2020 Thanks so much Before you go Thanks for listening There's lots more great audio on demand Or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au And remember Vision is listener supported Your donation Large or small Will help us continue connecting faith to life For hundreds of thousands of people across Australia And around the world Learn more or donate today At visionradio.org.au